Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, UFC Fight Night. Mexico City was last weekend. Why am I doing that voice? I sound like fucking John Anik. UFC Fight Night, Mexico City. Okay, I'll shut up. Uh, it was last weekend, and I'll be honest with y'all, not too exciting, but uh, we have a little bit to talk about. Uh, also, the PFL versus Bellator championships for last weekend. And those were a little more interesting, so we'll talk about that here in just a few short minutes. But let's get into a little bit of the main card. We had uh, Manuel Torres defeating Chris Duncan via first round rear naked choke. Not much to talk about there. Uh, Chris Duncan did have some good shots there in that first round. He was looking like he was going to kind of take advantage on the feet there for a little bit, but then uh, Torres just kind of came in, cleaned it up, took him down, submitted him pretty quickly. And then Yasmin, oh God, I can't remember how to pronounce this girl's last name. We're go- I don't, I'm not even going to try. Uh, defeats Sam Hughes via unanimous decision. I'll tell you what though, I know Sam Hughes lost, but she looked like she's improved quite a bit. It's kind of tough. She, I think now it's either an 8-6 and six record overall or 8-7 and seven record overall. She's probably going to get cut, unfortunately. But she has made a lot of improvements uh, since she's been in the UFC. And then Daniel Zellenhuber defeated Francisco Puedo via unanimous decision. A lot of decisions on this card. Co-main event, though, Brian Ortega defeats Yair Rodriguez via third-round arm triangle choke. I'll tell you what, that was one of the tightest arm triangles I've seen in a long time. He had that shit locked up. And one of the funny things, one of the funny comments I saw this weekend, um, he held on to the choke after uh, the ref told him to uh, stop. And it, was, it wasn't anything unintentional. His tap was like, he was so locked up. Yair was tapping like this. So I can understand that. But someone was like, oh, he didn't let go because he had PTSD from the uh, Alexander Volkanovsky fight. Uh, he had those chokes basically locked in, had Alexander dead to rights, and just couldn't get it done. And he was like, he had PTSD from that. But um, anyway, um, Yair did so well in the first three and a half minutes of that fight. He knocked him down, I think, twice in the in the first round. And I think where he made the mistake in this fight was on. I think it was the second knockdown. I can't remember if it was two or three knockdowns in that first round, but it was definitely there was definitely two. And on whatever the last one was of that first round, he goes into Brian Ortega's closed guard and never really gets out and kind of gets dominated. Not dominated, but has zero success in the rest of that round. And that gave Ortega a lot of confidence. He was like, okay, I just need to get this guy to the ground and I can do whatever I want with him. And that's exactly what Brian, Brian Ortega did. And it was beautiful to see. He's been out for a long time. He had that bad shoulder injury when they fought uh, last time. I can't remember where they were fighting at. But um, Yair kind of had him in like a haphazard arm bar. It was high up on the shoulder. Dislocated his shoulder. And he's had a couple injuries since then as well. And it was just really good to see Brian Ortega get back in the groove of things. Kind of look like 
his old self again. He's It's been a long time since we've seen Brian Ortega win in the UFC. Let's take a look here. When's the last time he won other than this fight? I mean, we might even have to go all the way back to Frankie Edgar. Not Frankie Edgar, but like pretty far back then. I thought I had this pulled up already. I'm not going to lie to you. I got to... Oh, hold on. Hold on. There we go. All right, Brian Ortega. Yeah, that's his first win since October 17th of 2020. I was almost right about that Frankie Edgar because he, he lost to Max Holloway before that and then beat Frankie Edgar in 2018. So he's had one, one win since 2018 other than this fight. So it was really good to see him get back in there, get after it, look like the Brian Ortega we all know and love. And, I mean, he's still... Still relatively young. He's 33, so he's kind of getting up there in age a little bit. But he kind of he's. This is like his last title run. And now that we have a changing of the guard, you know, Ilya Taporia is the featherweight champion now. We haven't seen. This is the great thing about when there's a new champion in the division. It's always fun to watch guys like Demetrius Johnson, Anderson Silva, um, Kamaru Usman. Who else? Israel Adesanya. When they go on these crazy runs and they kind of clear out the division, it kind of gets, it almost gets a little stagnant because then you have the same guys fighting each other and you're like, well, I guess fucking, you know, Jorge Masvidal can fight for the title again because he just lost, but then he beat this guy and that guy was ranked number two. So it makes sense for him to fight for the title again, even though they just fought and got his ass beat by Kamara in the last fight or, you know, stuff like that. And, like, it would make no sense if, if Volkanovski won this fight to have him fight Volkanovski after he got his ass beat already by Volkanovski. That wouldn't make any sense. But now that Tapori is the champion, you could easily have Brian Ortega um, fight for the title again. And I wouldn't mind seeing it. Um, but, yeah, clears up the division, makes it more fun for old Josh. <laughs> All right. The main event, we had Brandon Royval defeating Brandon Moreno via split decision. Guys, it was a really close fight. I haven't rewatched the fight yet. I would like to go back and rewatch it. Um, scoring it live, I had um, Brandon Moreno winning rounds one and two, and I had him winning round five. Round five was a really close round. I think that was the deciding factor in this fight, but... It is what it is. I'll go back and watch it. We'll see what I think then. But um, Roy Val really pushed the pace in that third and fourth round. He looked so good. He's he's the type of guy that needs five rounds in a fight because he really didn't start coming into his own until that third round. He looked fantastic. He definitely won those two rounds. This is one of those fights. Oh, my coffee maker's fucking going off now. That's fantastic. But this is one of those fights to where there's a clear winner rounds one and two clear winner winner in rounds three and four and then that fifth round's kind of a toss-up and that's what kind of sucks about decisions they're not always super decisive you always like to see a guy really push the pace in that fifth round and have a clear winner but it's just it wasn't the case in this fight and good thing it wasn't a title fight because i always hate seeing title fights change hands that way we're being being not being won that way but change hands that way kind of like we saw with Drickus. um but f good fight though really good fight 
Also, did you <laughs> one of the? I think there was only one TKO or knockout on this entire card, and it was like the very first round, first fight of the night. But um, there was two knockouts in the crowd that night. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw that big brawl they had with um in the crowd, like. One dude has his sleeve off. He gets knocked out with a big right hand. The same guy had just previously knocked out somebody else a few seconds before that. And and Dana White was like, there was no security to break that up. That was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, Mexico's awesome. We love Mexico. Can't wait to, to go back there. Also, UFC 306 for Mexican Independence Day was officially announced at the Sphere in Las Vegas. So I'm really excited to see what they do there. Luckily, this weekend we had the PFL versus Bellator card as well because, let's be honest, the fights in the UFC weren't super exciting this weekend. There wasn't really any anything to talk about other than really that or the main event and co-main event. So I'm really glad we had the Bellator versus, versus PFL card. Uh, we had Clarissa Shields defeating... Kelsey DeSantis via split decision. I got to be honest with you. I had DeSantis winning that fight. I had her in rounds one and three. You could have gave a 10-8 round there, I guess, in round two. Made it, made it a draw. But Clarissa Shields just, that wasn't really impressive to me. As an Olympic, two-time Olympic gold medalist in boxing, boxing world champion, one of the greatest women's um, boxers we've ever seen. She I wasn't that impressed. I'm going to be honest with you. Who am I? Who am I? I'm just some fat fuck that does a podcast in his kitchen. But um, fucking respect, though. You know what I mean? The only other time we've seen a boxer cross over into mixed martial arts was James Tony, and he got his ass beat. And I know I just kind of talked shit and said I wasn't that impressed. But, I, you know, I'm lying. I am impressed. Clarissa, Clarissa Shields is doing something no other boxer has the fucking balls to do. Learning a whole new different sport. I don't even know how old she is. Like she's not she's not no spring chicken, I know that. And coming in learning a whole new game. She's twenty damn, she's younger than I thought. She's twenty eight. She still got time. Never mind. I take everything I back back I said about Clarissa Shields. I'm excited. Give her a few more years. She could be 32, and she could she could make a title run in the PFL. I'd love to see that. She works on wrestling and submission defense. If I were her coaches, with how good her boxing is, I would just be like, hey, all we're working is takedown defense and submission defense, and then I want you to stand and bang. Have her check some kicks. Maybe send her to Thailand for a month. Have her learn, learn how to check kicks, throw teeps, sweeps, stuff like that. I'm I'm here for it. That's awesome. And then Aaron Pico defeats Henry Corrales via first round TKO. What a good win for Aaron Pico. That was his If you guys don't know, Henry Corrales is the guy who flatlined Aaron Pico. Like that was probably 4 or 5 years ago now, 2018, 20 probably 2018, 2019 was when that happened and a lot of people after that were like, "Oh man, Aaron Pico isn't you know isn't all this. Aaron Pico isn't all that. He's not the guy we thought he was. We thought he was the next you know the next uh, MMA prodigy, but here he is. He's getting knocked out. Um, but ever since then, Aaron Pico has gone on an absolutely astonishing run. 
Um, again, here I am looking shit up. I should already have pulled up. It's fucking embarrassing. I'm sorry. But yeah, ever since he lost to um, Henry Corrales, he lost his next fight after that. And he has gone on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 9 and 1 in his last 10 fights. Absolutely incredible. And then that the only fight that he lost was a TKO because he had that shoulder injury when his shoulder popped out. And he was doing well up until that point. Two, uh, two TKOs in a row. Really happy for Aaron Pico. Kid's still really young. He's starting to come into his prime. He's 27 years old. And good for him. Hats off to Aaron Pico. You're going to see a pattern here. Other than the main event, every single PFL fighter lost to a Bellator fighter. And we'll talk about the Impi Kasagane versus Johnny Eblen fight here in a little bit. But there is a clear skill gap between the PFL and Bellator. Now, I'm not saying the PFL doesn't have great fighters. They do have some good fighters. Obviously, they have Tiago Santos, who lost as well. Um, the gentleman, who uh, Henan Ferreira, who just beat Ryan Bader, is a bad motherfucker. Um, and here, AJ McKee um, finished Clay Collard with, ar- with an arm bar in the first round, the first minute of the fight. Um, Clay Collard's a bad man, too, but just the skill gap between these two promotions is just unbelievable. I know we've always kind of talked about the skill gap between Bellator and the UFC. And we're and then when I know when a lot of people when um, PFL and Bellator first combined, they were like, oh, you know, that's good. You know, two dog shit promotions coming together. It should be fun. Um, turns out Bellator has a much high skill ceiling than the pfl and it makes sense they've been around a lot longer than the pfl has um but it was just really interesting to see that um but yeah aj mckee defeating clay collard via first round armbar in a minute and a half and then yoel romero defeating tiago santos via unanimous decision yoel romero is never fun to watch fight anymore a fight wasn't that exciting he just has He's so frustrating to watch sometimes because there's fights to where he looks fucking astounding. And I'm not talking about older Yoel Romero when he, those two fights versus Robert Whitaker were the fight against Luke Rockhold. But everything from uh, Israel Adesanya on is just really not that exciting other than his first, his first fight in Bellator is pretty good. But I don't know. It's just frustrating to see a guy who's an Olympic silver medalist went through the... Um, the Olympic program in Cuba, which is notoriously in- insane. If you guys don't know about it, go watch. He did a podcast with Joe- Joey Diaz and uh, Joe Rogan. Joey was translating for him. It was fucking fantastic. Um, but watch that, and he kind of explains how just insane that program in- is. And to have him like never use his wrestling is so frustrating, especially for a guy who loves to see that style of wrestling in the UFC. And just an MMA in general. It's so frustrating. But um, Tiago Santos kind of looks old. Didn't really look that great. Doesn't really look like he wants to fight anymore, if I'm honest. I don't want to speak for the guy, but maybe he had an off night. I know they had to travel all the way to Saudi Arabia. That's a long flight. Who knows what happened, but he just didn't look like he wanted to be there that night. Um, And then we had uh, Vadim uh, Nemkov defeating Bruno Capaloza via arm triangle in the second round. Vadim really just had control of that whole fight. Uh, Bruno's really good. If you guys don't know, th- this was at heavyweight. Vadim vacated his light heavyweight title 
so he could go fight up at heavyweight for um in on this card, which is awesome. It's cool to see the demon heavyweight. He's kind of small for a heavyweight, but he's a big fucking guy, obviously. But Bruno's like towered over the dude. And um, if you don't know, Bruno's got really good Muay Thai. It's kind of what he's known for is his uh, striking ability. And Vadim had total control pretty much of that the entire fight as well. I think he got clipped a couple times, but nothing, nothing too bad. Nothing to where he was in crazy danger. And uh, had control of the entire fight. Subbed him in the second round. Great performance out of Vadim Nemkov there. And Jason Jackson defeating Ray Cooper via TKO in the second round. Guys, those leg kicks he was throwing were fucking nasty. Those were some of the nastiest legs, leg kick, uh, calf kick. It was calf, calf kicks specifically that I've seen in a very long time. And this was another fight to where Jason Jackson was just on a completely different level from Ray Cooper, and this, Ray Cooper is a two-time PFL champion, so this is like their, this is their guy, and Jason Jackson just took over the fight completely, and Ray Cooper has also knocked out Chris Curtis, so he's really no slouch, but this just shows that skill gap, it's insane, Jason Jackson's a bad man, I would actually really love to see him in the UFC, and then a fight that really surprised me, Johnny Eblen versus Impa, uh, Impa Kasagane. If you guys don't know, Impa Kasagane is was on the uh, wrong end of that high highlight reel knockout from Joaquin Buckley. Went into the PFL, became PFL champion, made a million dollars. Amazing story he has. And he fought Johnny Eblen this weekend, and Johnny Eblen was a huge favorite. Eblen is a guy who is regarded by a lot of people as the greatest middle the best middleweight in the world including the UFC I thought that as well maybe he had an off night here but Impa Kasagane arguably won that fight that was a very very close fight that fight was no way shape or form one-sided a lot of people thought Impa won that fight I I didn't think he won that fight. I thought Eblen did enough, but if they would have gave the nod the other way, I wouldn't have been upset about it. I think Impa Kasagane is a lot better than we think. I know he went to the PFL and did did well, and a lot of people think that's because you know we see the skill gap; it's not as high. But I I really think if he went back into the UFC, he would have a lot of success. I think he's grown a lot as a fighter. He's grown a lot as a person, and I love to see it. I love that dude. It's great to see someone come back from a highlight reel knockout like that because that doesn't always happen. Michael Bisbing did it with, against Dan Henderson when he had that. Henderson? I can't speak. Uh, when he got knocked out against Dan Henderson. Um, a fighter who didn't do it is um, Terry Adam when he got knocked out by Anson Barbosa. A lot of the times you'll see guys like that. They get knocked out, and they just kind of like, are scared to get knocked out like that again. They're kind of hesitant, and then they just kind of stop fighting. But hats off to Impa Kasagane. And maybe Johnny Evelyn had an off night. Who knows? But we'll see. And then Henan uh, Fajera defeated Ryan Bader via knockout in the first round in 21 seconds. If you saw my video this week, uh, last week talking about that one, the size difference between those two is fucking insane. I don't know how that could have gone any other way. The only hope Ryan Bader had 
was to take Hennon down, try to submit him, use his wrestling. That didn't work at all. Excuse me. But, uh, yeah, good fights this weekend. As far as the PFL goes, I don't know what they're going to do at this point. I Like, they merged. I would kind of like to see them go away from this whole point system. It's kind of confusing. It's kind of fun. Maybe integrate some of the B- the Bellator fighters fighters in. I'd like to see them do because Bellator does a lot of those tournament uh, uh, oh my god tournament formats, <laughs> and um, maybe you do like a PFL tournament, Bellator tournament. Go you know do a bracket on one side and the other. Winners fight each other, or maybe you mix them all up. You have PFL and Bellator fighters have you know do a tournament style that way, but that'd be interesting. Also, do you really think Francis Ngannou is going to fight Henan Fajera in the PFL? Do you really think he's going to fight MMA again? He's got a huge fight versus Anthony Joshua coming up. Even if he loses that fight, if he just goes to, to a decision where it doesn't get embarrassed, or maybe he wins that fight, I don't know. Probably not, but... Like what does he do after that? If he wins, so here, here's what's gonna happen. If he wins that fight, what's he gonna do? He's gonna he's gonna keep boxing. He's not gonna go fight MMA. He's gonna keep boxing. If he loses that fight, but doesn't get embarrassed, but does well, does he go back to the UFC and fight John Jones? Do they let him do that? Does his contract allow that? Does John Jones leave the UFC and go fight in PFL? I don't think that's gonna happen. But he's been at a lot of PFL. Oh, conspiracy theory. John Jones vacates the heavyweight title, signs with the PFL, fights Francis. <laughs> Huge event. That would be fucking awesome. The Saudis got a lot of money. They could do it. They're always in Saudi Arabia. They can make it happen if anybody can. But who knows what's going to happen. I would love to see him fight Hannon Fajera. I think that's a fun fight. And I think that's the only fight MMA-wise that makes sense for Francis other than going back to the UFC. All right. After last weekend, my MMA picks record is 16-21. and 21. The PFL versus Bellator card saved my fucking ass. So bad. So bad. So, let's get into my picks for this weekend. I'm scooting this way, so uh, you guys have a better view. Right here should be me picking my fights. I have uh, Steve Ursig defeating Matt Schnell by decision. I have Umar Nurmagomedov defeating Bezak Alaman Alkahan. I can't pronounce his last name. He's from Kazakhstan, number one ranked fighter in Southeast Asia, but um, we're in Asia in the Asia region anyway. Um, by knockout in the first round, I have Eric Anders defeating Jamie Pickett in the third round by knockout. I have Mohamed Makayev defeating Alex Perez by decision. Tyson Pedro defeating Vitor Petrino by knockout in the second round. And Jarzino Rosenstrike defeating Shamal Gaziev by knockout in the second round. There are my picks right there. I hope you enjoyed watching that. Um, what is going on with Umar Nurmagomedov? He went from... Hey, I'm going to fight Corey Sanhagen to fighting this guy who's having his first fight in the UFC. 
And like I said, he is the number one ranked fighter in Southeast Asia or wherever. Not Southeast Asia. I don't know why I keep saying that. Southeast Asia. Um, Bezek Akamayan. Where is his uh, topology? Cent- Central. Uh, Asia, 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 Asia Central. I can't fucking talk today. But he's the number one ranked fighter there. This is going to be his first fight in the UFC. He's 13 wins, zero losses. I mean, good record. Maybe this is a good fight. I don't. I don't know. Damn, eleven of his thirteen wins are by knockout. So that's something. Sorry, nine of his thirteen wins. I can't add are by knockout. But we'll see what happens. That should be interesting. But I don't understand. Everyone's. This is the problem with the Dagestanis. Okay, not that they're not great. Habib is fantastic. Islam Makachev is the greatest light heavyweight is light heavyweight lightweight in the world, but they don't fight anybody up until that point. And I don't and I know that could be a, a matchmaking issue, like no one wants to fight him. But how Islam Makachev got a title fight after fighting Bobby Green. This Look at his fucking. I'll show you his lead up to fighting for the for the world title. Like I said, not that he is not clearly the greatest lightweight in the world. Okay, I want to make that abundantly clear. He is obviously the greatest lightweight in the world. But look, but just look at his run to the title. Davi Ramos, who doesn't fight in the UFC anymore. Drew Dober. Okay, that's okay. Tiago Moises. I don't think Tiago is still in the UFC. I lied. He's still in the UFC. Um, but Tiago Moises, Dan Hooker, Bobby Green, title fight. None of those guys were in the top 10. Not one. It just doesn't make sense. And then you go to Umar Nurmagomedov's record, and he hasn't fought anybody either. And like I said, not that he's not there's he's not good enough to fight for the title, but kind of isn't the whole point of a title run is beating guys that are impressive to beat. I mean, this is who he's fought in the UFC. Sergey Morozov. Morozov. Okay. Brian Kelleher. That's an okay win. Nathan Manis. And then, uh, Ryoni Barcelos, who's, who's good. But, and now he's fighting a guy who's making his UFC debut. It just doesn't make sense. Like, like, go fight Corey Sanhagen. At least have one fight one guy in the top five before you get your title shot. Like I said, not that they're not impressive. Obviously, they're very, they're very, very good. But it just doesn't make any sense how they're getting to their title shots. But that doesn't matter. All that matters is Dana White's opinion. That is going to be it for me this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. YouTube episode is going to be up every single week now as long with the as long as oh my god as well as the audio episode so hopefully you guys enjoy that um that's going to be it for me today guys uh like I say never trust anyone selling you MMA picks they're fucking liars they don't know nothing have a good week guys appreciate it see you after next week